I'm, be I'm being sensible. Are you? No, no, no. no. That is being cut. <laughs> I'm composed. You're not. <laughs> I don't believe you for one second. I'm mute you for a minute. You need to stop. Right, Friday. When you feel like you are ready to approach the situation, cool, calm, and collected, you may then remove your mute. <laughs> Friday! We should just end it now. <laughs> Hi, and welcome back for episode two of the Gyne Waiting Room. How are we all, girls? We're good. It's nice to be back. Almost lovely Monday. <laughs> lovely Monday, our new little recording day. We love it. We love it's it. something to look forward to, though, isn't it? It is. And we're, it like, is it's, it's even more exciting now that we've put our first one out and we know this is like an ongoing and Thanks, everyone loved it yeah we got they really did. good feedback thank you guys we're glad you enjoyed it i was so overwhelmed though yesterday i know same it was really overwhelming it was really lovely it's such a nice feeling to know that people care to listen and things even you know i think one of the most important things is that people who don't even really have endo or chronic illnesses are listening just to kind of learn more and definitely things. i've had loads of friends message me and say like oh you've done you guys have done amazing like it's so good to like actually learn more about yeah. the condition and stuff and it's just good to know that we're actually impacting people definitely 100 yeah. percent. yeah not yeah. just people that have endo but yeah people yeah beyond that. well you know it's like a big spectrum of different things going on so it's exciting definitely. so today is how endometriosis is portrayed in the media and the stigmas that come alongside of endometriosis too it's going to be a very passionate episode and we're going to be chatting a lot about our opinions and i'm sure other people who have maybe watched these programs or you know list heard about it will also kind of agree so i don't, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion what you'll be hearing today really. definitely not um, everyone's favorite program will be being discussed yeah the big fave if you can't especially alicia's yeah my absolute favorite thing Lisa watches ever it before seen. she goes to bed every night just to make sure she has a nice night. sound full sleep yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it just sends you right off makes you feel really content doesn't it yeah it only takes seven minutes <laughs> <laughs> i might make a tally of like how many seven minute jokes are made yeah <laughs> <Good idea>. yeah <laughs> I think it's going to be a very big topic a long one. to discuss. So yeah, let's just jump straight into it. Leash, go for it. We know we know you're very passionate about this. You've been waiting for it. So, Channel Five had a program that they put out recently, um, and it's called Women's Health Breaking the Taboos. And all of the publishing for this that was on the side of buses and everything just all around, all around London people were posting pictures of it and the title they were using to kind of publicize this was endometriosis is as common as diabetes it's time to talk about it mm -hmm. so naturally the whole endo community are like absolutely awesome. buzzing yeah with the finally fact that yeah we're finally getting some recognition there's this new series coming out we didn't know whether it was going to be the whole series talking about it or even if it was just an episode that's mm -hmm. fine because we, we were all so buzzing and yeah, I don't think so there was much. one page that I followed on Instagram that didn't share it to their story. No, definitely. I was just yeah. looking forward to watching it. I yeah. posted it. I think we all reposted yeah, it. Like, I can't wait yeah, to watch I it. Yeah. And I think the worst thing about it all it was is that it it was you the word endometriosis was used for 
um Pubs, like pubs. dragging traffic along and making people want to watch it and definitely things. they're not silly they know how no exactly much publicity this is being spoken about on social media now and mm-hmm. it's going to get their show spread out there get a get an audience in and yeah it just you go on instagram after the program mm-hmm. and it's a very very different story yeah it is like a yeah. shit storm <laughs> it is yeah it went from like it went from like being so happy about actually having some recognition finally to literally being so angry because it just well we'll find out why everyone was so angry about it exactly it was just ridiculous because like i said it was put out as this whole big thing endometriosis is the forefront of this program and as you've probably heard a lot of us say already it was spoken about for seven minutes Mm -hmm. seven minutes of heaven we love seven minutes of heaven. <laughs> seven minutes of hell, more like. But yeah. We know you do. Irony. <laughs> Sorry. I've had to be good all day if it works. <laughs> She's laying it all out. Yeah, so in the seven minutes, um, it wasn't really spoken about much. Mm-hmm. They spoke to a group of middle-aged women about mm-hmm. how they kind of had their endometriosis what sur- like how many times they've had surgery briefly touching upon how it impacts their lives and then in terms of treatment it cut to a woman who was getting something called skin rolling and endomology done and that's something that you need to have done privately so mm-hmm. you have to pay for it privately what made me laugh is i rewatched it earlier I didn't want to, but I did. <laughs> didn't want to do um, it. They literally, literally bought... she loved it. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love it. That's why I talk about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Before they were showing the endomology, they did a little cutscene to what is endometriosis. Like it was quite informative. It was good, and then it was like this is the treatment, and it's like that is not standard treatment for endometriosis. No. And also, like realistically, all the stuff that they spoke about and said that. Like, this is what endometriosis is you can literally find that out from going on google so instead of just using the basic facts and looking at the most basic stereotype of a middle-aged woman how about actually broaden the horizons and realize that there's teenagers like unable to go to school because of it and things Mm -hmm. like that it was very just closed off to this one oh we're going to say you tell you exactly what endometriosis is but you could also just look this up on google like literally literally, take you two seconds unrealistic isn't it the whole way that they did it but no they were all older yeah you know it's happened with most of us there's no there's no age limit to like having endometriosis your women with reproductive organs you can get it as soon as you start your period isn't it really literally yeah exactly yeah and some people start as early as what nine ten yeah exactly exactly yeah and I think that's the thing. It would have been so like much better if one they actually maybe focused the whole episode on it, so then they could have time to talk to younger girls and talk to girls in their twenties. Like talk to everyone from a yeah. different age bracket. Maybe have a person for every life stage. Like you know, having children, puberty. You know, exactly early twenties, and then looking to like premenopausal, postmenopausal, around her hysterectomies and all that kind of stuff. Like actually showing that. It can happen at any life stage. I don't Definitely. know. It's just 
Very I also don't think it's anything against the women that were on the show because no. they were oh, probably no, filmed for a lot longer than seven minutes. Like they yeah. were probably oh, filming for a few days or at least a few hours and they've literally yeah. cut it down to seven minutes. And so. you can just imagine how frustrating that must be. Like putting your... I feel for them. Yeah, putting yeah. your whole like life out there to like talk about this thing that has affected your life and then everything yeah. that you've basically said has just been cut down to the only bits that they think is interesting, which is horrible because like this is someone's life. So, yeah. I just want to add and say that it is nothing against like the rest of the program like women's health is so important and Mm -hmm. you know endometriosis isn't the only part of women's health so it's so good that they spoke about menopause and loads of other different things Mm -hmm. to do with women's health like that's so so good but it all got a lot more coverage yeah spread across a few more episodes yeah. And the problem was, is they didn't say women's health and then list endometriosis. It was endometriosis. Yeah. This is what we're yeah. going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So the it's whole... the fact that it was like, we're going to talk about endometriosis yeah. for seven minutes. It was used for publicity. And that's, I think, what's the most hurtful thing for like everyone in the endo community and probably anyone Mm -hmm. with a chronic illness is that this is our life and you're just using it to get people to come and watch your show and then for us all to just be disappointed but at least hey at least we clicked on your show and watched it and streamed it because then you get money out of it and it's just a bit of a kick in the teeth because it's like this isn't just seven minutes of our day or seven minutes I wish it was yeah this is like every single minute every single second of every day that we you know whether the pain is always a 10 out of 10 or if it's just like a 5 out of 10 either way we live with this this is our lives so yeah you know it's not just seven minutes and I mean it's good right. that it, it that it has been spoken about like mm-hmm. we're grateful for that yeah it's just like you said it's just not what it was published to be no because even it... what they spoke about wasn't even that good like I know that little no. bit in the middle was was all right but yeah it wasn't like they spoke about it for seven minutes but you know you had a really fast track of seven minutes of like anyone can get it it was like eh, here's yeah, all the yeah. stigmas that we get yeah. on a daily basis and we're gonna shove it yeah. in seven minutes yeah and yeah. that's it that's what you yeah. get definitely yeah. I think it's just so I've I don't know it's like streamlined into this I think for anyone like we've all had the you're too young blah 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 and I think that these programs don't help that like th- this whole not. situation does not help that and the fact that there's been other programs that do exist that we'll be talking about after mm-hmm. we've spoken about this one it just shows that actually you know yeah they spoke about it but other channels and other productions have done so much better and so yeah. much more informative and so much more almost empathetic to what like women have to go through who do have endometriosis or other conditions but yeah it's just not right using it to be like this main publicity stunt and then just like literally just push it to the back of the priority list kind of thing and that like goes on nicely to the next one so the next program that I was looking at was EastEnders Mm -hmm. so with EastEnders the good thing is that it's the first UK soap to actually tackle talking about endometriosis. So that is incredible because UK soaps and dramas have huge, huge, huge audiences. Yeah, they do. Yeah, definitely. So it's absolutely incredible. It's really good for, you know, as much as soaps are dramatised and, you know, things like that. I think it's so good because they've got such a big age range of an audience that you're going to have young people watching it, older people watching it. It's just raising awareness. I mean, I know centres have done it in the past with other things such as infant loss and things like that. It's just raising awareness of things that have a bit of a stigma around them or have a bit of a, you know, taboo. Are we going to talk about it? And I I actually did watch the EastEnders episodes kind of about it and the one before as well and um kind of leading up to it and it was about how she had a miscarriage yeah and then kind of led into it but um 
yeah, obviously it's amazing that they spoke about it. It just would be nice for them to go on further about it. So then go down the uh, line of life with this condition rather than just kind of leaving it. The one thing that like I found that most people were annoyed about with the EastEnders coverage was that the character who was diagnosed with endometriosis had like a really strong villain plot going through Mm, anyway. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically in a nutshell what happened is she was villainized basically um had the nasty storyline going across they said that basically because she was diagnosed with endometriosis that means that she was going to be like infertile she wouldn't be able to conceive mm-hmm. which in itself is misinformation yeah definitely like, that's not right at all yeah yeah you can I feel like we need like a stigma buzz like buzz yeah. stigma, stigma. Buzz. flash on the screen stigma. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Again, because it's got such a wide audience, like even younger children watch things like EastEnders. Mm-hmm. Like if they're, yeah. I mean, I always know when I was younger, mum would have the telly on EastEnders yeah. or Coronation Street. Yeah. I'd sit down and watch it with her. When I first got diagnosed with endo, you you do look it up and you look around things, and infertility is in like big bold writing. When mm-hmm. really that's not the case. Like no, yeah, you don't know, do you? It's so different for everyone. Like everyone's individual yeah. cases are different. And I think even looking at that, and I just feel like it could have it could have easily been implemented into the program, and just saying you know almost that not everyone does get this, but some people do. Like it exactly. just yeah. it could be so easy to have just kind of implemented that side of it. But instead it was very much like you have endometriosis, therefore you are infertile. Well, no. We were having this conversation yesterday. It's like you don't I think with infertility, you don't know until you try. Yeah. Exactly. You can't get a definite answer. You can't go to the doctor and have a blood no. test and just be like, Am I infertile? And they're like, yeah or no. Like you don't know. So you yeah, exactly. start trying. And I think yeah. sometimes that is the horrible, horrible reality is that like you can get told you're infertile and then I know people that have been told that and then they've fallen pregnant yeah or exactly yeah. people that have been told that they can conceive and then they can't so yeah. there's not a definite answer like whether you will no, be a, until think, you start trying I think it's it is such a random will and I think it's just almost sometimes it's like down to fate like you might not Definitely. be able to conceive your first child naturally but then your second child suddenly you're like magically the most fertile person ever I think it completely yeah. depends on your body what your body's going through at the time obviously none of us have had children or you know have like gone through fertility testing but I think obviously it'd be interesting to maybe talk to somebody and have yeah. somebody on here that actually has what you know soon we can get 100%. a guest on and we do want to get a guest on soon but you know it would be good to maybe talk to somebody who has experienced fertility and infertility issues and kind of the ups and downs of it because there are ups and downs of it you know it's so and it's and it's not just endometriosis like no 100%. some people can be infertile for no reason like they no nobody's found a reason like nothing checks out that they've got any condition or anything they're just infertile and that's so horrible and so frustrating for them not to know why that has happened or they just struggle yeah exactly yeah, I think it's, like, just, it's kind just, of normal it's you're not going to be 100% infertile if you have endometriosis and that didn't really come across very well it was very much like no. if you have this condition you're not ever going to be able to have children and that's yeah really Another thing that they were saying about it is that because she had the villain storyline plot with her character, a lot of people couldn't like feel bad for her mm. or fully engage yeah. with yeah. the fact that she had this condition because yeah. she was villainized. It is frustrating in the sense that you're bringing out this like huge thing of her having endometriosis, spreading awareness because you want to create awareness on it. Because I'm pretty sure they worked with Endometriosis UK on it. Mm, yeah, they did, um, yeah. And but then you think, how did they approve that? With the Channel 5 thing, how does someone sit down and watch that and be like, bang in? 
or multiple yeah. people would have watched that yeah. to approve it. Yeah, and they, definitely. You're telling me every single person was like, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I would love yeah. to talk to them. And again, it comes, back to, it comes back to that thing of another excuse not to support or empathise with someone who has a condition. Like, well, she's not a nice person in the show, so therefore she doesn't deserve, like, sympathy or empathy. Exactly. Or, you know, she doesn't know, like, that's it. Like, whatever. Like, she's just infertile. I think it's just, it's a weird way to do it, I think. Like, that it could yeah. have been done so much differently. And yeah, okay, maybe she was the show villain at that point, but actually coming away from that, why don't you come away from that for a minute and actually think, well, actually, this is horrible for her. And maybe mm-hmm. even to, like that could have been the end of her villain story. So it was just a weird time to bring in such an important condition. Definitely. While she was still not liked by anyone. I don't know. It's such a strange, yeah, that's strange it's, idea, strange timing. There's can't wrap my head around that. Like there would have been multiple people that would have watched that and been like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. 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 I don't get that. But I mean, so we've spoken about the lowest of the low. (laughs) EastEnders is like one step above it. Mm -hmm. But we're going to go a million steps above it. (laughs) And the program that I absolutely adore that came out to speak about endometriosis is Your Body Uncovered with Kate Garraway. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything quite as detailed. No, yes. Uh, endometriosis and if you've not watched it oh my goodness you need to watch it yeah it's um episode five for anyone who is wondering it was mental I remember watching it and I literally just the minute I turned the telly on and it's like started talking about endometriosis I was like right all my family need to watch this right away Mm -hmm. and like the the way the detail that they go into of even having like the model like the vr model of what her uterus looks like and her ovaries look like and the way it's all like so basically mangled and like messed up and it just looks so far it looks like alien to the actual normal Mm -hmm. uterus yeah I think looking at that no wonder we're in pain like and actually realizing that that's kind of what's going on inside our bodies obviously that's her uterus so it's not every it's not what everyone looks like but it's just such a good image for people to see to realize that actually wow like it's an invisible illness now you've seen it what it actually does look like in someone's body does that make it a bit more understandable a little bit more am i right in thinking understand? they also showed like adhesions and stuff in that episode or am i thinking yeah. something else yeah no they did yeah. there was loads of different things in there there was chocolates chocolate cysts mm-hmm. adhesions yeah. mm-hmm. like it spoke about loads of different form like different forms of endometriosis which again is a huge thing in itself because we can't even get the endometriosis in general to be spoken about let alone no, exactly. breaking it down even smaller what i absolutely loved is that it's based on a 25 year old girl Mm-hmm. so we've yeah. not got that middle-aged woman stigma and stereotype like it's focused on someone who's much younger Definitely. and has it a really 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 Badly. bad yeah yeah really and badly. it shows all aspects of how she has it bad it takes you through like her daily life it shows you mm-hmm. her life at home like simple household tasks she just can't do mm-hmm. um and and it takes you through her whole process, like when she's got her diagnosis, and then they did all of like the separate scans to be able to make the three D model. And then after that, you saw her building up to her surgery that she was going to have yeah. with these specialists. And then we showed you after the surgery, yeah, and speaking to her. Then like it just shows you the whole thing. Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. I think I haven't watched many of the other um, episodes of that series. I think I've seen like another one, but it's just 
any kind of condition they don't do it by half they really go in Definitely. depth and they and they really try to kind of come across with as much information as and as the personal feel the personal touch to actually someone talking about it rather than just being like oh we're talking about it because we want to make money or we're talking about it because Definitely. we just want to talk about it like there's a personal touch because it really goes through this girl's life yeah. and it's the same with the with other illnesses as well that they talk about it's just so much more in depth there's just so much more awareness it's just and it's, it's not mental. even just like her life it's it shows like how it impacts her partner as well yeah definitely yeah, yeah. and again that's which is so important thing yeah. yeah so important I think Kate's also like such a good person to do it because she's yeah, so she's like incredible. empathetic and like yeah definitely it's like when Stacey Dooley does her little oh I love Stacey like, Dooley inside the sideboard yeah. and stuff Oh, I yeah. love like, her. She genuinely gets so upset by it. And yeah. it's like, we don't want people to be upset by it, yeah. but like, we want like that, a little bit of compassion, you know? Yeah, definitely. Not yeah. just a. Yeah, 100%. No. Yeah. Definitely. Stacey Dooley, you should totally do one. Yeah. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. Yeah. Yeah, it is a really good program. I was really like pleasantly surprised by the way that it kind of came across that is yeah. the one to be it is yeah, yeah. and I, the crazy thing is is that that one came out before the channel five one like uh, yeah why would you even and that's, and that's another reason why we were all so hyped seeing yeah. this program and we were like oh my god it's incredible yeah. and yeah. then seeing another one come out thinking we're getting a whole series on it we were like geez like this is gonna get really yeah really good and big yeah. and spoken about so much and then it's just absolutely shocking yeah, especially because channel five is quite a big broadcasting yeah 100% yeah and like you thing. think that they they have they're very into like their documentaries and things it's just crazy that it just wasn't so I don't know I said this once and I'll say it again the only thing channel five are good for are weird dating shows <laughs> naked attraction this is true we love naked oh, attraction is that channel four I don't know either oh, way it, I love they're it they're the same aren't they yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah they all show weird ass shows yeah they like, do naked yeah. attraction and like they do that is true one didn't they the ones that used to like dating in the dark? That was a great show. I loved that show. Mate, it's just trash, isn't it? But it's so addicted. I prefer like Naked set- Attraction though. Yeah, Naked Attraction is just like a guilty I pleasure find of mine. It- I find it funny. It's so it's funny. funny. It's when people go on there, they're like teachers. I'm like, oh my how? god, I know. And you're not gonna be a teacher for much longer no, after exactly. this. Exactly. There's a guy that went on it that's a taxi driver, like around my area. Brilliant. <laughs> so now everyone just knows him as Big cock man, basically. Mate, I, <laughs> <laughs> I literally can't deal. Like, imagine actually going on there. The oh, worst, I couldn't do that. The worst no. thing is, is that like when it's like a really cocky guy and they come out and like, they've picked these girls with like massive tits and literally come out and they've got like the tiniest cock ever. Oh, and the girls, the girls are literally looking at him like... Like, oh God. Bit of a tangent, but a question. Right. What would you rather be on that programme? The person who's picking... Or in the pods. Oh my god! I would rather be picking. I'd rather, I would be, rather picking. be picking because you know those people in the pods. They're in those pods for like three or four hours. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Because I signed my friend up for it as a joke. They got a call back anyway. <laughs> um, they never went on it. And in the thing, it was like, "Are you all right being naked in this pod for like four to five hours?" Like they're stood there all day, and it's oh cold. God. Oh, I need to sit. And down. they're like cut halfway through. Like they're just like stood in these pods, like butt ass naked. Like brilliant. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't want to be in that be pod. I would so awkward. I feel like it would pod, be... Like... I mean, none of it is really good for, like, self-esteem because you can imagine the backlash you get even if you were, like, the fittest person going on that show. This is true. But 
I'd much rather be picking because I could not deal with like being put out at the first first yeah, like imagine part. Well, it's not even that because they're like I don't know your badge like yeah. all right, yeah. okay. <laughs> don't I like do. yours either <laughs> yeah. but it's not even that it's that you actually get to choose yeah. you, know, you actually have a say in it yeah, like imagine you sit don't. there the whole time and you're buzzing that you've got to the end and you hasn't shown your face yet yeah and then it pulls up to your face and you see who's picking and you're like oh my god yeah that's yeah that's too much isn't it really but then yeah, also the for them in it yeah like what about the other side like imagine like you go out on your date and they're like oh i can't believe it ended up with you what about <laughs> if they go out on their date and they wear something really gross like I'm talking like, i'm talking like a camper van t-shirt or something like oh, something great. proper icky. oh my god like then yeah. you would get the ick but yeah. then you've already seen their cock and balls, so yeah. I mean, if you like, if you like them, and you've seen them naked, I guess you could just change the way that they like their fashion. But I don't think you should wear your camp fan top anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what, what if they wore like socks and sandals on the date? Oh no! Oh, okay, no, that would be definitely no. No, but I also you. find it so cringe. I don't know if you've seen the episode with that really old woman, but then she puts whipped cream on them. Oh my god! Them off. No, she puts she whipped cream so on their weird. belly buttons and yeah. uses strawberry to scoop it out. Uh, I'm yeah. not even joking. Like, that is just a massive ick. That is and that's so not disgusting. even the weirdest thing that's bloody happened on. That uh, no, show they about. like make that could literally be it? like your nan. Like how grim is that? Oh like, no! <laughs> so I to do with my nan, but I don't want to. <laughs> so grim though, like. Oh. Right, we've no, that show gone just, on a bit of a tangent, haven't we? That show just cringes me right out. Yeah. It's... What, if you had to go on any dating show, what would you go on? Oh, that's a hard one. That's really hard. I think I'd go on Married at First Sight. Yeah, I think I would as well. I'd actually like love that. to go on that show. Yeah, I'd like, Absolutely I'd actually, not. <laughs> would you, you know, know that? Not? You know no. that? It's not actually like a real marriage. It's like a, just it's a contract. A it's like a contract. No, I get that, but still... I would do it. Yeah, I would. No, do because it. I can't lie. My face doesn't lie. So if That's I get true. down those steps <laughs> and I look at you and I'm really not liking what I'm seeing, you're going to know that. I once applied for first dates and never heard back. Yeah, first dates. When you first come, dates again, is cute. Like, I like that. Again, it's like you don't really have a choice, do you? you just like rock yeah. on. Yeah, should not bloody get married. Yeah, <laughs> but I just think the whole experience would be so cool. I'm there for yeah. the beef. I'm there for the dinner parties, free wedding, free honeymoon. But then, like, if they were like but ugly, I just or yeah, like I couldn't do it. They gave me an ick on like the first minute. I would not be able to get past that. But what if they like called you mummy or something? Like, <laughs> no, I do Love Island or something like that. I would yeah. not do Love Island. I feel like if I was like. Three stone lighter and had <laughs> literally a free and holiday. Nice and didn't have any cellulite. What is it like six weeks? Yeah, I don't think I've gone Island. Yeah, I, I really don't think I've gone Love Island. I could only go if I was like really content with myself, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. Another show that I love, this is really often tangent, is Too Hot to Handle. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I love that. I would go. On I that. would do that. Yeah, I'd I would like do that. that. Yeah, but I think I'd actually be all right at it. Yeah, just be like frigid for a few weeks. Like, please, why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably neck on with a few people, but I've got No, you're not allowed. Lana will <laughs> catch you out. Yeah, but I can do it under the bed sheets. She won't be able to catch me. She'll Lana, know. This is nothing. She'll know. <laughs> you sound like Lana. Lana, play Guiding Waiting Room, and then she would like start playing Guiding Waiting Room. And I'd be like, I wonder yeah. who this is. It's my podcast. Go I'm going to go sign up for Married at First Sight. You can come to my wedding. You'd have to text me while I was still getting ready and be like, Ninger or hot. I don't like, think you'd have to tell me. I don't think we'd we be, allowed be allowed our phones. Allowed. Yeah, we wouldn't be allowed You can still do it secretly. Like, I'm texting Neil. No, I bet like... you they, they go in and as soon as you're walking like into the venue, they take your phones because they know that that. Like well, then you that. need to go to the toilet and you come and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I've just got to go to the toilet. <laughs> run, Drive, run. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so moving on, um, we thought we'd just kind of have a chat about the stigmas that we've come across or other people have come across. We put a little question box on our Instagram and some of you are very kind to share kind of the things that you've come across. And we've all got kind of got our own ones as well. Kind of thing. So we'll kind of just go through them. I think one of the ones I wanted to say, um, that's like a big, big one, is that I think everyone's heard is that when you're talking about how you're feeling, people always seem to say to you, like, oh, there's people who have it worse than you, there's people who are dying. And then you feel like you have to justify yourself and it, you feel like you're being dramatic and things like that. And I think that's such a big It can't one. be that validating. Bad. You can't measure someone's pain against another person's every person's feelings are so valid yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't feel like you can't talk about it because someone someone will say oh but at least you don't have this or at least you don't have that or at least you know it's just so insensitive and very invalidating I think like another one is like well at least you haven't had a hysterectomy like I'm 22 years old like yeah exactly yeah and I get that there's probably people our age that have had to go down those steps yeah but one a hysterectomy doesn't actually cure endometriosis no, it you doesn't, can still no. yeah have associated pain because fact check again is endometriosis is actually outside of your uterus not inside of your uterus that's adenomyosis yeah. it, it reduces the symptoms i think and yeah, you I know because you're not bleeding it stops, and stuff like but... the ovulation and things but it doesn't stop what's already maybe deep and infiltrating in your like your abdomen like your yeah, pelvic exactly. area exactly it's not... like i've got it on my bowels and if i was to have a hysterectomy that doesn't take it off of my no, bowels like, exactly, that's exactly the same yeah. yeah are they going to take your bloody intestines out as <laughs> yeah. well so a lot of us have heard, um, and we've spoken about it a lot already, it's that um, the kind of one where it's like you're too young to have that or you're too young to be experiencing that. So obviously watching the Channel 5 documentary does not help with the stigma of being too young to have the condition, which is great. So fact check, you're not too young to have endometriosis. You are you not. You can actually get it from the minute you start your periods um, throughout puberty. You know, the minute you start your periods to the rest of your female reproductive system's life. I know we said we're going to do one more. But one I've heard no, of is like, surely you don't need opiate-based medication. Yeah, I hate that. Mm. And it's like, I wouldn't take it if I didn't have to. No, and that's exactly. the thing. And I think there's such a big stigma about opioids. And the minute you go into like the doctors or the minute you go to the hospital and you're like, oh, well, I've been taking these opioids, tramadol or morphcodine, blah, blah, blah. They're very much like, oh, are you sure you're not just addicted? That's why you want more. Like, you're just here to get more opioids. And it's like, no, no. no. <laughs> or it's like, where did you get them from? I'm like, yeah, it's like, oh, pharmacy. yeah, street off corner. the black market. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of that, isn't there? Like judgment. Oh, just just take these natural vitamins. The other thing that it shows is that the fact that we are reduced to having to take opioids, yeah, yeah, to control the pain. Surely that tells you everything that you need to know. Exactly, it's like opioids like fuck with your system. Like they make you constipated. They make you like dizzy, like headed. Like most opioids, you can't drive on. And no, I actually no. didn't realise this until a few months ago that you can't actually drive on codeine. And codeine is like my kind of baseline medication. Yeah. Mm. So you can't actually drive on that. So I'm not going to take something and then not be able to drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a nice thing for anyone. And most of the time, opioids make you feel, as we said, so at, like not out of it, but so tired and It fatigued. just comes with so many side effects. It does. So then you're kind of bed bound and we don't, we already... You don't 100%. want to be bed bound like that's yeah. not what anyone wants but it's We're already kind of, bed bound from the pain yeah it's like. kind exactly. of like the worst of two evils like do you want to be able to take a bit of edge off the pain or do you want to like just be in pain and still be bed bound? like it's like what what do you want and it's such a hard like scale to balance and and i think not- the come down as well is something that's not spoken about but i know that if i've been on like oromorph 
like Oromorph, Codeine, Tramadol, mm. Pregabalin, like obviously Pregabalin is a long-standing one, but if I've been on all of those and then I come off of one of them, like say the flare-up's going and I come off Oromorph, I get the worst come down and it's yeah. like, yeah. that's not fun either because no. then you get like headaches and whatever. So I think the come down is something that's not spoken about, but it's so exactly. big. It depends on the person, but for a lot of people, people opioids are like the main kind of thing for when you're having a flare-up, like it, unfortunately, it has to come down to that. Right, should we move on to the questions? Do our little yeah. end of our podcast segment, which is our questions. So the question that I've got is, how do you balance social life and work? And for me, this is quite a prominent one for my life recently. So I was at uni for three years, did early childhood studies, um, and then went into childcare for a year. I've had to, I was in there for a year and I've had to leave partially because of my endo like that has played a part the other part was because I wanted to really progress in my career and I wanted to go on to do speech and language therapy which is what I'm going to do in uni this month that choice was also because I know it's going to set it's going to suit to my health a lot more definitely like yeah. working so. in childcare and having endometriosis is so hard because it's so physically demanding mm-hmm yeah like people think oh you just sit down and you play with kids all day like that is not that is not no no the fact that I'm 22 years old and I've already had to make changes to my career Mm -hmm. already is scary as it is yeah it's really scary in terms of social life it's tricky because it just depends who you surround yourself with like Mm -hmm. if you surround yourself with people who you know have taken the time to look into what endometriosis is understand like what your flare-ups are how it can impact you and actually are caring and empathetic and understanding enough so that if you do have to cancel a plan last minute they're like it's fine we can yeah definitely rest up look after yourself and then you have the other side of things where people are like oh all right then and then they get shitty with you but it's like I am not in control of how I'm feeling right now no definitely not I think it's so important to surround yourself with the right people because there's been so many times that any of us who have chronic illnesses have lost friends because we can't be the person that they need us to be all the time and we you know yeah yeah, we've cancelled plans once or twice in the space of maybe two months because we've being in like a bad pain flare or something and they they just take that kind of really personally like we're doing it because we don't want to go exactly. and I think just being aware that that's really not the case um we kind of spoke about it last on our last episode when we did the questions I think balancing a chronic illness and social life and work is tough it's so difficult yeah it's so tough like I also think it's important not to like overbook yourself like I know mm. sometimes like I work Monday to Friday all like all day Monday to Friday and then like by Saturday I'm like I want to make plans for people but I'm like I know that I can't mm, and yeah. that's like really like disheartening sometimes because you've got people that are like oh let's go out for like lunch or yeah I don't I don't go out like drinking or anything so that's never an issue but it's just difficult to be like I know I'm going to be off so like but you're off work so you've got a day off and I'm like yeah but I've also need a day to like Relax, literally just sleep charge, yeah recharge yeah. yourself yeah it's that's the thing it's so hard because the weekends are almost that like cherished time when you're working in mm. the week and or vice versa where you know whenever you work weekend working or it's just so hard because like we beat ourselves up because we're like oh, I really need this day of rest but at the same time I really want to go see my friends and family I haven't seen yeah. them in like yeah. a, a, couple, a couple of weeks it's just so hard to choose what to do because if you if you have a really full week and then you have a really full weekend, then you're going to go to work the next week and literally be on 0% battery. Like, be, yeah. you can't be no in pain. Yeah, literally just be so out of it. And I think 
it's so tricky to kind of navigate it all um but then that, there's that part of it where it's like well maybe just do something so like a morning yeah. or an afternoon so yeah. maybe have Saturday morning resting or Saturday morning going out for a walk or a, like an early coffee and then coming back and having the rest of the day to chill yeah. or picking what, what day on the weekend you want to have like a busier day yeah. or the day that you want to chill and just kind of working around that yeah. it's it's never going to be 100% easy and there'll be some weekends where you're like oh my god I feel like I can literally see everyone that I want to see and yeah it'll be great and there'll be other weekends when you're literally just like to be honest I don't want to see anyone because I feel I feel like I just need to reset recharge so it's just kind of working off of your own like I also feel like some people mindset. get offended like say I decided to go and see like one friend over another like that a friend that I chose to go and see over the other I'm probably not as close to them yeah they would get offended because they're like, you're seeing her, but you're not seeing me. And I'm like, I can't see everyone. In a horrible, <laughs> yeah. in a horrible way, you've kind of got to wear it, which was more important. Yeah, definitely. And that sounds really horrible to say, but I would much rather like see one of you girls over someone that I went to school with five years ago that I haven't spoken to since. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's, that's and it, the most it important like thing. That. You don't want people to think that you don't care, but actually just being upfront and honest with them and just saying like, you, you do care, but this is your day to chill out and relax you've been working and you're just feeling really tired like yeah. it's okay to do that like don't feel bad to do that so mine is how does uh, endometriosis affect relationship with exercise I used to go to the gym which was so on and off I'd have like good months and then I would like have like two months off because I just really struggled like the minute I'd get a bit of pain I just really struggled then getting back into it and being motivated to get back into it but early this year I actually started doing sessions with a PT she's amazing shout out to Soph she's so good with me and she really does her best to try and you know understand and empathize with what I'm going through and she's so accommodating to our sessions if I'm having a hard time she'll make it you know a little bit different or you know she's always so flexible with me which is great um but I think the biggest thing is is it does affect my relationship with exercise and I don't know about anybody else it is like it does like it's really really hard to do physical things when you have something that is literally crippling you what I kind of find is like when I'm in full flare-up mode which I kind of am at the moment and have been for the last couple of weeks I'm kind of coming out of it now I did go back to PT last end of last week for the first time in about two three weeks and it was hard but I just did like a light session and got my body moving which actually felt amazing like it felt so Definitely. good to just get my yeah. body moving again and try and be a little bit more active and I am so fatigued at the moment that I need to build up my stamina a bit more but you know doing it when I, I'm not having a flare up it can be actually be okay but there's sometimes I know that oh that feels a bit weird like that feels like I'm overstretching something that yeah it feels a bit tight and okay I'll just do that differently and like I think just having it whether you're going to the gym you're going to sessions you're going to group classes like whatever however you do your exercise just yeah. being aware of things that kind of do trigger your pain a bit more and trying out things that are different and might be better for you but it does affect a relation like I think it affects anyone's relationship with exercise because any anything that gives you chronic pain you can't everything feels painful the last thing you want to do is then go and create make things worse don't beat yourself up if for two months you can't exercise because your pain is just relentless it's just being aware of things that work for your body really I I can relate to it in the sense of that I used to dance like I did I did dancing for um eight years and I recently like tried to get back into it and it was ballroom and Latin dancing that I was doing and 
I used to go out so hard. I used to be there like four times, four or five times a week for mm-hmm. two hours at a time. Like I used to be so full on. I used to be so like fit with it. And I really wanted to get back into it because that is just like my passion. I love dancing. Obviously with having endo and things declining and stuff, I've kind of realized that I can't, I can't do it to the level that I would used to be doing it. And like I've had, mm-hmm. I've taken, I've had to take a step back from it. I get in my head too much that I need to be in, I need to be all or nothing. Like I need to be yeah. going yeah. to the gym three times a week. <laughs> or do nothing at all and like instead when I feel when my body feels okay and I know that I'm okay enough in myself to move Mm -hmm. in a way of exercising I find Mm -hmm. something like like a dance workout on YouTube and I can then get my way of doing dancing then or I can't do anything cardio like or anything that's kind of like hit workout type stuff I'll do some yoga instead because there's actually a lot of yoga on YouTube for endometriosis and chronic chronic pain and it actually helps so much because I find when I'm doing an exercise it's far too intense it'll give me the worst endo belly afterwards yeah yeah definitely yeah i get that have you heard of um is it like yoga ninja or something and basically i've done this before i do this a lot it's basically yoga that you do to like make you feel sleepy and when i was going for my really bad patch of like literally not sleeping i would do it like every night and like sometimes it's like you do it for like an hour and a half which seems like a long time but at some point you don't like fall asleep but you're so relaxed that your body Mm. goes into that like switched off stage yeah it's like yoga ninja it's on like youtube i think i'll try and find the clip and i'll try and send it to you but my therapist recommended it to me and I was like, I'm not trying that, like stubborn old me. And I literally tried out one night, so I literally couldn't sleep. And it just relaxed me so much. And like, to be fair, I had a bit of pain before and I didn't like, it wasn't completely pain-free after, but I think because it put you in that state of mind where you're so like relaxed and yeah. so like calm, yeah. it really worked. I tried to say to myself, even if I'm going for like a 10 minute walk, doing like three lots of exercise a week, I'll go to my PT once a week, maybe go for a walk or two walks or maybe do a walk and do like, a little yoga video just give it a go and if it is hard don't beat yourself up just have a rest like there's nothing that says that if you don't exercise when you're in agonizing pain you're lazy like you need to rest so just to, you know listen to your this body, is your body. <laughs> i also think where like obviously at least you did like did um have quite active jobs like i have quite an active job i'm literally on my feet for like eight hours a day yeah grace you're the same yeah. grace you were the same in your old job I feel like by the time you get home, you've already like yeah, you've already you've so worn out. out. Yeah, exactly. Like the last thing you want to do is like go for a run. I beat myself up. Like, why don't I want to go for a run? Or why am I not motivated? Then I have to like sit myself down and literally think that like I've been on my feet for eight hours. Today. Like I could literally. I think today I've done like. 17,000 steps at work yeah exactly and that's so enough. like that's a lot on yeah. itself my question is how slash what resources are good for endo like how do you find them like which ones would you recommend yeah mm-hmm. I'm just gonna hit off the bat with a <laughs> got any waiting room um <laughs> but I definitely in the beginning definitely did struggle with like where to find information like and like I'll say it like the endo community on Instagram just type in like endometriosis and go on the hashtags and you'll find people going through the same things as you and like I think the endo community is so welcoming and so friendly like the amount of people that in the beginning like I was so worried and I literally like followed them and sent them a dm and they were so but that's how we're Mm -hmm. here like that's how the three of us are here because that's literally how we became friends and I think in a horrible way I think the endo community has to do a lot of resources for ourselves i think it's if you want the medical information and you want the straight up facts and on google you know for the uk there's the nhs page and there's in america there's like a some kind of web md or something i don't know what it's called but if you want the facts of real life with endometriosis 
go onto Instagram, talk to people who have yeah. it, learn it's about just raw, isn't yeah, it? Raw learn and about unfiltered. what their experiences are. Obviously, not everyone's is the same, but at least you have someone that you can kind of relate to and ask questions. Yeah. There's so many people, us included, who are so willing to talk with you and yeah. discuss things. And obviously, we're not medical professionals, but we can give you like a real, a real life take on our experience. 100%. And yeah. it's like I found an article that I didn't mention earlier, um, and it was from Australia and New Zealand, and they did a um, survey of looking into the role of social media in management of individuals with endometriosis. Out of 100 participants with confirmed diagnosed endometriosis, 76 of them use social media for their health. Mm-hmm. And these social media users were younger, they had pelvic pain for more than six months, and they reported higher rates of psychosocial impact and symptoms from endometriosis. And from, from using social media, they had positive impacts on their psychological, social, and cognitive health, which yes. just says it all, to be honest. It's ama- I mean, even on social media there are i follow two doctors two specialists and yeah, specialists same. the cases that you see on there i mean it's not very good if you're queasy and you don't like like watching no. blood and <laughs> organs and things but <laughs> they're actually Literally. amazing i mean they're not from the uk the ones that i follow they're from um like america or in australia but it's so interesting to watch the different kinds of endometriosis, what it looks like actually inside your body because it is an invisible illness. You don't know what's going on inside your body. It's so interesting to see like what's going on, how they deal with it and what kind of steps they take yeah. in surgery. So if you did want to see that more medical side of it, there are resources out there on social media which you can find. So not only do you have the support of people who actually kind of get what you're going through and are going through the same thing, you've also got the medical professionals who are actually investigating and showing you what it looks like kind of thing so I think I think if someone has an account on Instagram that's specified endometriosis like uh, our accounts are like Rivers Endo Grace us Endo Endo Jane like we're not going to like read your message and ignore you because (laughs) do you know what I mean like we're here to talk to that's kind of the whole point and when we even like when we put our question boxes up obviously we can't answer all these questions which are really in-depth and medical but we can answer them from our point of view and what we feel like we have experience from it and how maybe our experiences can help you so it's just if there is anything you feel like you want to know know about or feel like you need to rant about or anything like that like this is this is why we're here because we want to make you feel a lot lot more supported and comfortable and not alone so yeah it's a good we want to be able to do for other people what they've done for us like it's just just passing the baton on really and I think like for me like I feel like when I was especially when I was 15 16 if I had come across a community like this I think like I maybe my mental health would have been so much better at that age but I think because I hadn't I felt really lonely so I think that's why it's so important for so many of us because we've been in that situation we want to make everyone feel so supported and not alone and that they have people to talk to so just find the community like this for any chronic illness find the community there's people out there there's people who who will be willing to make you feel happy and comfortable or be someone to talk to shoulder to cry on we've done it episode two is episode thank you so much for listening again i hope you've come back we haven't scared you off guys well we love you thank you for listening and thank you for all the support uh don't forget to follow us on instagram and tiktok 
Gani waiting room and thank you thank you also rate our podcast because at yes. the moment we're literally like five stars if you don't follow us you won't get like the it won't come up on your spotify home screen every time we upload so thank right. you bye guys thank bye. you for listening. bye, bye.